How are you doing tonight? We're glad you all are here and uh, glad you joined us on live stream. It's always good to join together wherever we may be at. Isn't that right? And to gather around the word. It's a great fellowship, the fellowship around the word of God. So uh, welcome to Charlotte and Bart and well, I don't see Mark and Terry, but they might be here. You never know where they're going to be at. <laughs> Barbara, glad that you're with us tonight. Let's see, Kenny, Tanya, Pedro, we're glad you're out there and glad we're connected together. Amen? Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's bless him. Oh, Father, how we bless you. We love you. We adore you, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the honor. You're so worthy to be praised. You're the everlasting Lord, the mighty God. You are the one that came and gave yourself for us, laid down your life for us, shed your blood, paid the price for our sin, carried off our sin to a faraway place. I thank you, Lord, that you raised up free from it. And when you were raised, we were justified. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that it's a forever settled issue. Father, I thank you for loving us and caring about us. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, and it is in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Now, Father, as we come before you this evening to hear your word, we sit at your feet so that we can be taught by your Holy Spirit, that we would receive impartations of revelation. Father, I pray for your word to come alive on the inside of us. We set ourselves right now to hear within our spirit, to hear life, to hear what your spirit is saying to us, that we would receive it, that it would be alive in us, that we can hear it, read it, and run with it. Lord, I thank you for your anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. It's your anointing that can open our understanding, that we would know understand and take hold of what you declare in your word for father i thank you that your word is truth that it is unchangeable never ending for all eternity lord we just thank you that we can continually be developed and conformed to the image of jesus growing in and partaking more and more of your divine nature we honor you, we bless you, and praise you for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and uh, we are going to read verse 6. We were over here last week, so we're just going to read it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah says, for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. All right. He says to kindle it afresh or to revive. It's like reviving a fire again. It means to reactivate that which is in you, to fire up what was once burning and kindle the embers that are within. Amen. And this is not a stirring up of your personality uh, or anything like that, or any emotional traits, but it is the gift of God which is in you. Amen. And it means to keep it in full flame. Don't let it die out through neglect. 
Don't neglect the gift of God which is in you. All the ingredients are still present. They're still there. You know, it's like building a house. You can have on the job site, you can have cinder block, you can have a roof, you can have trusses, um, you can have uh, electrical wire, you can have all the plumbing, you can have all the necessary ingredients for building for a house. But until you use it, until you build it, and until you take hold of what you have, all right, until you put it all together, right, and then turn it on. It doesn't benefit us until we do that. And that which God has put within us does not benefit us until we kindle the flame and keep alive and reactivate the gift of God that is within us. So to resuscitate the gift of God, like Wiss says, it's not only resuscitating the gift, but resuscitating our own self. Amen. Amen. Keep on kindling, keeping it ablaze. So therefore, if by neglect the fire has died down, resuscitate it. If the fire is still burning, stir it up some more. Get it hotter. Isn't that right? Stir up the gift within you. Stir up your spirit. Stir up the Holy Spirit within. Move out of that carnal place that we've been at and set ourselves on the things of the Spirit and connect with the corporate anointing of God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, stir it up. Stir it up. Just stir it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bless you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. For you alone are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, it's not hard to stir yourself up. It's just a choice. You know, sometimes you've got to turn your eyes from where you are and look back to the Lord Jesus. And uh, you don't need to have a whole history of testimony to get stirred up. If Jesus is Lord of your life, thank God your sorry little self ain't going to hell no more. Amen. Pastor Ned, we were looking at some old pictures because we were working on the thing for the celebration. And... Um, she looked, we were looking at some old pictures that Pastor Nid said to me, what happened to that handsome devil? And I said, that handsome devil went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But I ain't going to hell no more. I, all eternity is not long enough to say, thank you, Jesus. If that's all he ever does, thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to hell no more. Glory to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, not lagging behind the diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not lagging behind the diligence means don't be slow, lazy, slothful, tardy about your earnestness, your diligence, haste, and zeal. 
Don't be slothful. King James says, don't be slothful in business. Well, the business we ought to not be slothful in is the business of spiritual things. Isn't that right? You know, Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Well, we should be involved with spiritual things. And one of the things we should be involved in is turning away from sin and repenting, right? We should study the word of God. We should associate with the upright, you know, and, um, you know, it's very important. You know, I just talk to parents because parents send their children out to school and um, they get around all kinds of people, all kinds of kids. Isn't that right? And um, some school systems, I'm not sure about the one in Charlotte County. I don't have kids anymore in school. You can tell. But I don't even have grandkids in school anymore. Uh, but the school systems are, uh, you have to be careful of what kids are being taught and other kids that they get around. And parents have to be involved with their children and what their children are hearing, the games their children are playing, the friends that their children have. And I just heard that Sarasota County just flipped their school board from liberal to conservative. Amen. But you still need to be involved and you still have to keep your eye on things. These are our children. We have to be concerned with. You can't be so busy working and so busy making money and so busy getting so pooped out with the things of the world that you don't have time for your children. Just put them over there and let them play a game or a video game. I'm too tired. You need to do something. You can't be too tired for your children because the devil never is. Amen. These are your children. Very important. Okay. Hallelujah. But you see, if we are going to, if we are required to associate with the upright, so is our children. And if they're not because they're in whatever they're in in a class and they're around other kids, you've got to talk to them when they come home. You've got to put in your kids what they need. Amen. This is the work of believing. This is looking to the Holy Spirit to bear fruit in our life. We have to be fully convinced of the necessity of these things, of repenting, of studying the word, of associating with upright people. We have to be fully convinced how necessary that is and how destructive it is not to. You are the church. You're the church. You're not just somebody out on the street anymore. You are the church. And the devil's out to get you. And, you know, I'll give you this example. I was over in Thailand back in 1984. And uh, we went up country to see Pastor Nid's family. And it was, you know, way out. Long story. Won't tell you. But in order to get back to Bangkok, we were deciding, should we take a taxi back? Should we take a bus back? What should we do? How should we travel? Um... It's not always safe. There's checkpoints to go through, and they're looking for round-eyed guys, you know, and they're going to pull you off the bus and all kinds of stuff, you know. And if I could keep my head down, I had really jet black hair back then, good tan. So if I kept my head down, you know, they, they, I could pass for a tie, as long as they don't see my big nose, you know. 
So we were deciding, you know, what should we do? How should we travel back? There's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive back to the city. So how should we travel back? And as we were walking through the town, a bus came by, and I could see somebody on the bus, a couple of people on the bus, and they could have been American, European. They were Caucasian, you know. And by looking at them, I thought, oh, look, they drive the bus. They ride the bus. It must be safe. And the Spirit of God spoke up in my heart and said, how do you know the devil don't want to kill them? You do what they do, and you could set yourself up for the devil to kill you. Hmm? Amen. And we had to pray and find out how we were supposed to travel. Why? Because we're the church. The devil wants to kill the church. Now, the devil wants to kill everybody, ultimately. But he wants to kill the church. He hates you. Feelings mutual. We hate him. Amen. So, we have to be fully convinced of the necessity of these things. Be determined to act according to this conviction. If I have a conviction about repenting of sin, a conviction of being in the word of God, a conviction of associating with upright people, then I have to be determined to act according to that. Well, you know, I know I'm not supposed to upright, uh, associate with people that aren't upright, but what happened to the conviction? Your butt got in the way. That's what happened to the conviction. Are you with me? You've got to be determined to act according to the, And, you know, acting on conviction is not, only, not always convenient, and it's not always popular. And then, if you're fully convinced and you're determined to act, then do it with all your strength. Put forth all that is in within your power to avoid evil, to repent of sin. To make an earnest, diligent effort to be fervent in spirit. To seethe, to bubble up, to boil over as boiling water. Having a fervency. Amen. Glory to God. It's the Greek word zeo. It's where we get our English word zesty. Amen. To boil over, to bubble up. Have a fervency. It should not be determined on whether it's the popular thing to do. You know what don't like doing what's not popular? It's your emotions. You know what side of your emotions don't like doing what's not popular? The pride side of our emotions. Pride don't like that because pride wants to be accepted. But the other side of pride is where I used to live at was up your nose with a rubber hose. I don't care what you think. I'll do what I want, say what I want, and I don't care about you. That's the other side of pride. Neither one is humble because neither one is going in God's direction. Whether you're just like, I don't care about you. I do what I want, say what I want. That side of pride or the other side of pride of just trying to be a pleaser of man. Either side. It's not what God wants, and it's not God's way. So, therefore, it's not humble. It's pride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Want to boil over 
and have a fervency in spirit. Well, if there's a fervency in spirit, that'll boil over into our soul, into our emotions, into our will, into the setting of our affections. It'll all be based on the fervency that's in my spirit. Serving in spirit keeps us from burning out. Serving in flesh will wipe you out in a heartbeat. And serving is very simply serving God in your life. It's serving God with your life. When you serve God with your life out of your spirit, the Apostle Paul said, God whom I serve in my spirit. When you serve God out of your spirit, it's just a continual feast and flooding of increase and abundance. But when you serve God and by works, by the flesh, doing, uh, you know, I need to do this, I guess I'm supposed to do that, and on and on, that'll wipe you out in a heartbeat, burn you out. But we ought to be fervent in spirit, boiling over into our soul. If I'm serving God in my life, then serving in the body of Christ will be an outgrowth of that. Because whether it's our life, whether it's in the body of Christ, whatever it might be, doing things in the Holy Spirit. Now, I certainly do understand physical limitations. And you don't need to run yourself into the ground like Epaphras did. Remember, Epaphras worked himself to the bone. But you don't need to do that. When the Spirit of God tells you to rest, you rest. But it's a diligence of business and functioning in the body of Christ, which is the context of Romans chapter 12. Amen. Amen. John chapter 14. It's always about doing things by the Spirit. John 14, 16 through 17. Hallelujah. John 14, 16 and 17. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper and he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Okay, he'll give you another helper. The word another means another of the same kind. In other words, one just like me. Jesus is saying he'll send you another helper, one exactly like me, another helper, a comforter, an exhorter, an encourager, a helper, a counselor, strengthener, standby, advocate, and intercessor, one who is equal to Christ. So if we know Jesus, if you know Jesus, not know about, but if you know Jesus, you ought to know the Holy Ghost. You ought to know him. He's exactly the same. There's no difference. Why would you accept one and not the other? Why do we receive Jesus but then are afraid of the Holy Spirit when they're exactly the same? Why are there Christians all over the world afraid of the Holy Spirit when he's exactly the same? Another helper just like me, just like Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Oh, Holy Ghost, oh, no, Holy Ghost, no. Afraid. Why? He's exactly the same. Exactly the same. Jesus went to the Father as a sacrifice for our sins and all the effects of sin. That was his part. And now he sent the Holy Spirit for the next part. Are you still living in the last part or are you living in this part? Which part are we living in? Oh, you know, the cross is before me. What are you doing with the cross before you? It's supposed to be behind you. 
You've gone through the cross and you're into the resurrection. Or are you still living in the last dispensation instead of living in this one? This is the days of the Holy Spirit. He's God on the earth today. Amen. Why are people afraid of tongues? Because they're afraid of change. Change is always unknown. You never know what's going to happen. It's just like tongues. You never know. You don't know. So the people are afraid of it. Because if they can't control it, if they can't understand it, then they can't step into it. Why? Because their mind is their God. Rather than what God says. You can't let your mind be your God. That's humanism. You can't serve God in humanism. Amen. Now notice what he said here. I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive. So is he talking about the Holy Spirit in the new birth? But you always thought that, didn't you? You always thought that when he sends the Holy Spirit, it's in the, it's in the new birth. But he can't be talking about the new birth because the world can receive the Holy Spirit in the new birth. Born of the Spirit, regenerated and renewed in, in the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus into our life, the Holy Spirit comes and he washes us clean of sin, regenerates us, and makes us brand new in Christ. So he's not talking about the Holy Spirit in the new birth. Otherwise, the world could receive him. But he said the world cannot receive him. So he's talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can the world receive Jesus? Yes, Jesus is the only promise the world can receive, really. And if you receive Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, born of the Holy Spirit. But then there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The day of the feast, remember the day of the feast? Jesus stood up and said, if any man's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Talk to anybody, anyone, the world. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. He's talking about the new birth. Then he says, he who believes in me out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. So now he makes a switch and he says, he who believes in me. Now he's not talking to anyone. He's not saying anybody like he did in the verse before. Now he says, he who believes in me. So now he's talking to the one that was thirsty, came to him and drank. And now that you are one that believes in me, out of your innermost being can flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Spirit, that they who believed in him were to receive. Amen. So there is a born of the Holy Spirit, and then there is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. These are the gifts that are put within you that needs to be stirred up. The life of God, the well on the inside. Dig out the dirt and let the well flow. It springs up into eternal life. The well of the gift of the Holy Spirit, let it flow. Speaking in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, moving in the things of the Spirit, let it flow. Kindle it afresh, resuscitate it. It ain't dead, resuscitate it. Amen. Glory to God.
the Holy Spirit is, thank you, Jesus. He said here, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The word truth is the Greek word aletheia. And it means the authenticity, the divine reality, and the revelation. The authenticity, the divine reality, and the revelation. Taking hold of that which is out of reach through the fall of man, Adam. And it is now granted through revelation. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard. All that God has prepared for those who love him. But by the Spirit, he has revealed it to us. Hallelujah. He didn't reveal it to your minister, your pastor, or your priest. He reveals it to you. You are the saint in the body of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. It comes by the Holy Spirit. So we should abide in him. We should continue in him. And this goes on forever and ever. He'll never leave you, never forsake you, all eternity. He is God in you. And he is your ticket, actually, if you want to put it that way. He is your ticket to get into heaven. When you get up to heaven's door and they, they say, where's your ticket? You go, I got the Holy Ghost. Come on in. Because God is welcome into his own house. Amen. John 15 and verse 26. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is, he says it again, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. The helper, the Greek word parakletos, is the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. The paraclete, sent by Jesus, comes from the Father. He bears witness of Jesus. He's come to give testimony. He declares the authenticity, the divine reality, and the revelation of Jesus being the Christ. If we abide in the Holy Spirit, nobody can deceive us. Nobody can tell us Christ is not true, not real. Not the Savior. There is nobody that could see, conceive, uh, deceive us about salvation in Jesus. It's impossible. They can rip your brains out, but they can't take it away from you. <laughs> Amen. We all hear the testimony of the Holy Spirit, not the creed of doctrine. We'll hear the testimony of the Holy Spirit not theology of some group. Even though the body of Christ is a group, the testimony comes from the Holy Spirit and witnesses to us on the inside. It's not what the pastor says. It's what the Holy Spirit says. The Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. If I don't follow Christ, you keep following Christ. Don't follow me because you're not supposed to follow me. You're supposed to follow Christ. Amen. John 16, verse 13. Book of John, you know, is not part of the synoptic gospels. Go, uh, gospel of John is all about the Spirit. Verse 13, John 16, 13. But when he, here it is again, the Spirit of truth. Now he said it three times. He is the Spirit of what? 
truth. We should understand this, and he's trying to get a point across to us. If you want to know the truth, you need to know the Holy Spirit. You're not going to know the truth apart from the Holy Spirit. Oh, but we have the Word. Well, who's going to teach you the Word? You say, well, the pastor teaches the Word. What if you got a screwball pastor? Then what? <laughs> You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to teach you. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all of the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So again, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth. He will guide you. He'll lead the way. He's not going to stand behind you and push you. The Holy Spirit is not pushy. He's not a pressure. He's, he's not a high-pressure salesman trying to push you to do something. That's the devil. When you feel pushed and pressured to do something, you need to back away and go, no, I don't get pushed. God don't push. God leads the way. He stands before you and just says, come on, come on this way. Come on. Oh, wait a minute. What are you doing over there? This way. Come on. This way. Come back. Oh, oh, okay, I'll wait. Oh, you're back. Come on, come on, come on. And he just leads you and guides you very softly and gentle. He don't push. God is not pushy. If your personality is pushy, I suggest you get God's personality. And we all have a little pushy in us. <laughs> He wants to guide you, instruct you, lead you to the goal, to full, complete truth, step by step, step by step along the way, just step by step. He wants to lead you step by step, take a step, take a step. You know, he doesn't stand over there and go, come on, come on. No, he's right here like this step, you know, and he just stands right before you to lead you. Okay, this step. Okay, this step. I like to see myself like a little kid, you know, learning to dance, and you're on your, 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 your father's feet. Doesn't always work that way, but that's right. I don't know how to dance, and that's why I want to be on his feet. So the word of God, the word is Jesus. Is that right? Yes. So the word of God is the instruction of Jesus. But the instructions and leadership and the guidance of the Holy Spirit complements and completes Jesus's instruction because he will take that instruction and then make the reality of it for your life that you're dealing with right now. Amen. You can hear the word of God. And you can get head knowledge of the word of God and you can recite it and you can know the reference and you can quote it out of the Bible and it might flow out of your mouth. But without the Holy Spirit of authenticity, authenticity, divine reality and revelation that cannot produce anything. 
And the reason it don't produce is because it don't come out from your heart. Right. comes out from your head. So it doesn't mean that it's all up to the, and this is where people really get confused. It doesn't mean that it's all up to the Holy Spirit. What is produced in your life, is it up to the Holy Spirit or is it up to the soil? The soil being the spirit of man. Do you stop reciting the word of God? We shouldn't. How do I know when it becomes a reality to me? When it turns into an action. I know the word says rejoice always. But you don't know the crud I'm dealing with. Well, that doesn't change the word. Your crud don't change the word of God. So when does rejoice always become a reality? When your crud don't take precedence over the word of God. And you say, despite my crud, I am rejoicing. I'm going to kindle afresh, stir it up, resuscitate what's on the inside of me and not let this crud bury up dirt over my wells. I'm going to let the river flow and just rejoice always. Amen. That's about as simple of an example that I could give you. It turns into action. You got direction. You got guidance. You're like, I can't believe I'm going through this. And on the inside, you're hearing it. Rejoice always. Now, you know the example that I've always given you. I'm never going to go home and look in my refrigerator for anchovies. You know why? Because I never put any in there. And so many times we don't want to spend time in the word. We don't want to put anything in. But then we expect, oh, Holy Spirit, just guide me. You're lazy, slothful, sluggish, and you're trying to take a shortcut. And there are no shortcuts. You got to put something in so the Holy Spirit can take it out to lead you and direct you. Say amen. So the action comes based on the direction and the guidance because he guides you in the truth. So I have been meditating on rejoice always. Every so often, rejoice always, yes, rejoice always. So then I get into the middle of a situation, the spirit of truth, the reality, the revelation. And it just gets alive in me, rejoice always. Now I have a choice. What am I going to do? The choice will determine my outcome. I can either get out of this quick or I can drag myself to the mud and try to get out of it myself. It's the aha, ah moment. You know that aha, oh, I see, I got that. And then you got to put it to action. Yeah. It's not just knowing it, now you have to put it to action. And it becomes a lifestyle. Amen, a lifestyle. Not only knowledge, but living action. Amen. So I can watch videos, which I do. I watch videos. I can watch TV shows. I can listen to CDs and have knowledge of everything that I've been listening to. But I don't have living action. Well, what creates the living action?
what creates the living action. Meditation. Meditating on the video, the show, the CD, meditating on it, meditating on it, and the soil produces of itself. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, the soil then produces. So many people are like, this is what the Word says, this is what the Word says, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting to get this. Why don't you just take it? Why don't you just take it? Receive it to yourself. That's how you got saved. You received Jesus. Did you sit around and go, well, one day, I know, you know, the salvation stuff, and one day Jesus will save me. You'll never get saved like that. Oh, you know, if God, if he wants me to have the Holy Spirit, he'll give it to me. You'll never get the Holy Spirit like that. Well, you know, if God wants to heal me, he will. You'll never get healed like that. So you choose to take it, believe it, and take it. And when you take it, you'll stop waiting for it. Well, I believe I took it, but, but I don't see any results. Well, did you take it? Think about it when you was in school. Now, I don't know if this happened to you in school. But somebody could be in the lunchroom in school. Maybe this was just the lunchroom I was in. I don't know. <laughs> you could be in the lunchroom in school, and you have your lunch. But somebody comes over and wants your lunch. Do you believe that's your lunch or not? See, do you believe that what you receive from the word is yours or not? Do you believe it or not? Because you're going to have to stand up to the bully that wants to come and take it from you. Now, you might just go, oh, I don't know why I don't have it. You just gave him your lunch. Huh? What are you giving your lunch away for? There's only one thing you do with the lunch when a bully wants your lunch. You take it and smash it in his face. Okay, I'm not advocating violence. <laughs> you want this? <laughs> but what about rising up against the enemy that wants to come and steal from you? Steal your peace. Steal your joy. Steal your health. Steal your money. Steal the truth. He comes to steal. He don't come to give you anything. He comes to steal from you. But you got to stand up to him. Stand up to him with the word of God. Jesus did it. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Now, you may have to. It is written a little more than Jesus did. But you got to keep with it. It is written. It is written. This is what the word says. I believe it. You're going to have to leave. Amen. Some years ago when sickness had attacked my body, I started declaring Isaiah 53, the great chapter of substitution work of Jesus. Psalm 107, you know, he sent his word to heal me. Psalm 103, forget not his benefits. He heals all of my iniquities. And I would just recite those things, and I'd sit quiet and let healing just roll around on the inside of me. And as I did, the Holy Spirit gave me a, a vision of Jesus on the cross. 
with the very sickness I was dealing with, that it was on his back because it got transferred to his body when he received those stripes, that scourging. And that sickness was put onto his back. And they took him down off that cross with those stripes on his back. And they put him in the tomb with the stripes on his back. And he went and paid the price for my sin with the stripes on his back. But when he rose up, he had no more stripes on his back. Because he left that stuff in hell where it belonged and redeemed me from the curse. Glory to God. Amen. And I made a decision that day that I will not allow the sufferings of Jesus to be no effect in my life. He paid a high price for me to be free. And I am not going to let it be of no effect in my life. I will honor him. I will praise him. And I will rise up with him and go forward with the healing that he paid the price with for me. Amen. Glory to God. That was an aha moment. And we put it to work. And we went to work. And as I went, glory to God, I was healed. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit guided me into the truth. I had a hold of the truth. And as I'm meditating on the truth, the Holy Spirit guides me into that truth, led me into manifestation. And it then, from then on, it became a lifestyle. Hallelujah. Amen. Does that mean I never had to deal with sickness again? Nope. But I had an aha word of authority to live in. And authority and sickness would never attach itself to me again. It would attack, but it could not stay. Amen. First Corinthians chapter two. Verses nine and ten. It says, just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man. All say all. All that God has prepared for those who love him. We couldn't know it through the senses. We couldn't know it through head knowledge. Verse 10, but to us, God revealed them through the spirit, for the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Verse 16, it says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that, we, that, he, that he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And this, the word mind here metaphorically means thought, counsel, purpose, and opinion. We have the thought, the counsel, and the purpose, and the opinion of God. Well, how do you get that? Read your Bible. He bore your sicknesses and diseases. By his stripes you are healed. He sent his word to heal you and deliver you from, his, from all destructions. It's a benefit of being in the kingdom. He forgives all of your iniquities, heals all of your infirmities, delivers your life from the pit, follows you with loving kindness and compassion, fills your years with good things so that your youth would be renewed like the eagle. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And all these new things are from God. Therefore, all these new things are good things. I have redemption through the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of my sins. Glory to God. If I miss the mark and I sin, I can confess my sin to, to the Lord. He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. And not only forgive me of that sin, but cleanse me of all unrighteousness that I'm not even aware of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what is that? That's the thought, the counsel, the purpose, and the opinion of God. That's good. That's good. 
Who has known? Who has known? Well, we can take hold of it. We can take possession of Christ's thoughts, purpose, and counsel by the word of God revealed by the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Verses 14 and 15. It says, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. Not appraised by anyone that is not spiritual. And what does it mean to be spiritual? Born again. Nope. No, it don't. Spiritual means living in the realm of the Holy Spirit. One that is living in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Not living in the realm of other spirits. Don't forget, he's talking here to the Corinthians, and there was many demonic spirits in the pagan world, just like there are still many demonic spirits in the pagan world. And that includes Congress, but we're not going there. But, you know, <laughs> he's not talking about the saved and the unsaved. Obvious, the unsaved are not spiritual in Christ. But the spiritual, I'm sorry, the saved have a choice of whether they're going to be spiritual or not. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So it depends on where I set my mind, on the things of the spirit or the things of the flesh. So I can be born again, have my mind set on the things of the flesh, which is called carnality, and be living just like a natural man. And therefore, as a natural man, I don't accept the things of the Spirit of God. It's foolishness. I'm carnal. And that person needs to kindle afresh, resuscitate, and stir up. So he's not talking about saved and unsaved. So neither the natural man or the carnal man can appraise those that are living in the realm of the Holy Spirit. So the carnal man or the natural man, they need the authenticity, the divine reality, and the revelation of the Holy Spirit. If they're carnal, they can get themselves right with God. If they're the natural unsaved man, they need to get saved and then move into the realm of the Spirit. Isn't that right? Go over to Luke 4 for a minute, 9 through 11. And you know this. This is when Jesus was in the wilderness. Luke chapter 4, 9 through 11. And Satan was tempting him in the wilderness. And this one particular temptation, it says he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Well, if Jesus acted on that thought, if he acted on that idea, if he acted out of his own will, could God protect him? Why do you think he will then? Why does everybody think God will just protect them when they do whatever they want to do? The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot protect you. But if you're not in the will of God, I'm sorry, honey. What's most important? Authenticity, divine reality, 
and the revelation of God's will in whatever you're doing? Or am I only doing what I want to do? Am I only doing what I like to do? If you're the son of God, well, bless God, I am a child of God, and I'm just going to do this, and I believe God will take care of it. You're not only in left field, you're out of the ballpark. Because you're going in self-will. His will is the secret place of protection. You want to dwell in the secret place, it's in his will. If you know his will in the things you're going to do or want to do, what is his will in that situation? Well, can you hear his will? Or is your flesh so screaming loud about doing what you want to do? I'm trying to protect your life. Because you can pray until you rub all the hair off your knees, or if you're a lady, you can rub something else off your knees. I don't know what you'd rub off, but <laughs> whatever. You can be on your knees a really long time, and it's still not going to help you. It will not make up for being out of the will of God. It's a very, very important lesson from Jesus dealing with the devil. If you're the son of God, turn this bread into... Uh, turn this stone into bread. Well, you know, I am hungry. I need something to eat. God wants me to feed myself, you know. He don't want me to starve. Well, you can use all the excuses you want. Romans 8, 26. Let's move on. Selah. Romans 8, 26. That's a Selah moment. It says, in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, we certainly know that the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses because of our limitations in being able to pray accurate prayers. We're very limited because of the flesh. But yet we're always weak because we live in a weak, humble state of being. We're in this flesh, and we're very limited without the authenticity, divine reality, and revelation of the Holy Spirit. We are very much in a weakened state, but he comes to help our weaknesses, which means he comes to stand together with us. He comes to stand against what we stand against and comes to take hold of what we need to take hold of within that situation so that we don't be weak. And the word weakness is the Greek word asthenia, and it is a weakness in the physical realm, the soulish realm, or the spiritual realm, all realms. It's just a, it's just a weakness, okay? And he, he intercedes on our behalf. Why do we need the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf? Because of our weaknesses. He also knows, we also know that Jesus intercedes for us, but the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, isn't he? The weakness is continual, so the interceding is continual. Not knowing how to pray is only one area of weakness. And the word pray means we don't know how to ask. We don't know how to speak. We don't know how to make a vow. We don't know how to pronounce judgment. We don't know how to be an arbitrator or an advocate. 
you know, there's sometimes you want to go and be an advocate for somebody in their situation and, and stand in the gap and pray for them, right? So there's some situations, you know, and, um, you know, when I went to pray at the Republican Party, I, I didn't do it. Uh, it may not have been received well or didn't, would not have been understood. But I was ready to just stand up and declare this evil coming against this country and pronounce judgment against it, which I've done before here. But I was going to do it there because, you know, the more people you get standing together, but I don't know where, uh, you know, I just didn't have the release to do that there. But pronounce judgments. And the church should. Where is it? Isaiah? Is it Isaiah chapter 1? Verse 20, maybe. Let's look at that. Maybe that's where it's at. Isaiah 120. No, it's not Isaiah 120. It's the verse where he says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. What is it? 5417, Isaiah. Isaiah 5417. I'm believing for my eyesight. <laughs> Thank you. <Woo. laughs> no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Anybody that speaks up against us, judgment. We'll condemn that. See, because no weapon formed against us will prosper, but we can condemn those things. And it's part of our heritage. Some people think that's being mean or being rough or not being nice. You know, and that's the problem is you want to play nice with evil. And it's not the person you're judging. It's the spirit behind that person. Are you with me? See, revelation is the open door to move in all of these things. The Holy Spirit can help all of our weaknesses. He is our strengthener, and he has the power to do it. And he releases that power in us to be able to walk in that. Amen. Now, back over in uh, Romans 8, I'm, I took a little side trip there. Verse 27. Now, remember Romans 8:26. The Spirit himself helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should but the spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and 27 says and he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God he searches the hearts of men and knows the intent and the bent of the Holy Spirit because the spirit operates according to the will of God you can pray in the Holy Spirit to find out the will of God of the situation that you're in. Even if it's a simple should I or shouldn't I. Yes or no. Do I, don't I. Pray in the Holy Ghost till you know. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He is here for our good and for our benefit. So don't get up. See, and a lot of times we don't want to, well, you know, I want to go do that. And I don't want to hear no. You know, I've talked to people and said, did you pray about doing this? No, because I know the Holy Spirit will tell me no. You know. Yeah, so then it was like, okay, okay, don't pray, don't bother. 
you've already made your mind up. See, once you've made your mind up, there's no sense of praying. Because usually, once you've made your mind up, you're not willing to give it up. So, and we're going to go on to 28, but notice what he says again. He, he, we don't know how to pray for as we should. He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And this is one of our favorite out-of-context verses. We love to pull this out of context. Oh, no matter what, God will work it out for my good because he loves me. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, he loves me. Yeah, I'm the apple of his eye. He loves me. He's going to work everything out for the good. I've screwed this up bad, but God will work it out for the good. Sorry. This is all in the context of prayer. The Spirit helps our weaknesses, for we don't know how to pray as we should. But he intercedes for the saints with groanings, but he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, and he intercedes for us according to the will of God, and God causes all things to work together for good. Based on what? Intercessory prayer. Giving ourselves to the groaning of the Spirit and releasing God's will for our lives in and through us, which will result in good. Amen. Because I... For those who love him. Well, I love God. Well, then why don't you give yourself to him? Why do you do what you want to do and don't want to hear what he says to say? If I love him, then I will give myself to him. I will obey him. I will hold to him. Even when he says, no, don't do this favorite thing that you love to do. He moves in me. I give myself to him. I pray, I speak, I advocate, I arbitrate, and it's based on his moving inside of me. And he will work it all out for good. Don't you like hanging around people that are always there for your good or for your benefit? They're your favorite people, aren't they? <laughs> uh, you know, and you don't hang around people in order to get something from them, but, you know, it's about being a part of each other's life. You give, you receive on both parts, you know, you stay filled, you know, and the, and, and the Holy Spirit is there for our good and for our benefit. And we want to give and receive on both sides. We give to him, but yet we receive from him. We're a part of each other's life and stay filled with him and continually abide in him. Don't want to grieve him. He's too close of a friend. I don't want to grieve him. Right. In fact, I'll go out of my way not to grieve him. I'll go over and above so I don't grieve him. I'll spend time with him because he's a friend. Enjoy his fellowship. He is here for you. He's here for you. He's here to help you. He's here to guide you. The Holy Spirit is God. He's God living on the inside of you. And when he came, he brought the blessing with him that you can receive and take it to yourself. His ministry to you is never ending and always looking to increase and be a greater benefit in your life. So all we have to do is just connect with him. Let him groan through you. You know, 
the word of God says, I will, the Lord says this in Isaiah, I will go forth like a warrior. I will both groan and gasp and pant. You know, can you see, you know, Rocky getting into the boxing ring, groaning and gasping and panting? Or can you see, uh, who was he in First Blood? I forget who he played. Rambo. Can you see Rambo going forth, groaning and gasping and panting like a woman in labor? You know, but that's what the Lord said. That's how he'll go forth like a warrior. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Will you go forth with him like a warrior? Will you yield to him and give yourself to him so that you can walk in his will and do the things that are not only pleasing to him, but things that are beneficial to you and that will keep you protected? Amen. He wants to work in our life and work it out for the good. When it comes to you, he only has good on his mind. And the way we get that good into our life is by only having him on our mind. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. You got something? What are we praying for? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. And you know this is something you need to do. Okay. I mean, not just need to do it, but you know you're supposed to do it. As far as I know. Okay. That's as far as you can know. <laughs> okay. Father, I just thank you. Cobre sete derebesie vedoro. O la makaya va derivasie ve derivasie ve shosoto do vaziabate. O la bakaya yarabakaya bate. Now, Father, I just thank you. Father, you you said that you search the hearts and you know Dr. Rich's heart and you know his desire to please you, to do the things you'd have him to do. And as he said, as far as he knows, that's what he can do. So, Father, if there are more things that he needs to know, I'm asking you to reveal that to him, to make it known to him, and that there'd be agreement, Father, even with Kathy, that they would stand together as one, for where one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. So, Father, right now, I just ask you that according to your word, that by your Holy Spirit, that intercession would be made for him. Father, that as he gives himself to you, that you'll take this situation, this procedure, and whatever it may be, and you will work it out for good. <clears throat> According to your will, Father, that even in going through it, he'll come out the other side better than where he was when he started. Not because of what the doctors do, but because of what you do. We know that you can use doctors, you can use all kinds of people, but it's not based on the people, it's based on you. 
Father, if we can stand in church and listen to an anointed word being preached by an anointed preacher and know it's not the preacher, that it's only you, then it's also the same in all things that we deal with. And it is you that we look to. It is you that we give the glory to. And it is only you that we look to and expect results from. And we thank you, Father. Thank you for the completeness, the wholeness, the wellness, Father, the totality and the finishing of what needs to be done and be complete. And, Father, I thank you for it according to your word that you work it all out for his good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, sometimes knowing God's will, you got to press in a little harder. And um, you might have to go to bed 45 minutes later or an hour later, and you just need to pray. And uh, you say, well, why can't I pray in the afternoon? Well, if you're busy during the day, then you can't. So sometimes you just got to take that quiet time and pray on through and find out what the will of God is. Sometimes you got to pray that long just to get your flesh quiet. Especially if it's not a habit and you got to get that flesh quiet and press in to hear from God. But knowing God's will in whatever you do is so vitally important. And in the days that are ahead of us. His will must be our direction in life. For it is only in his will can we walk in his protection. Amen. 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 Oh, Father, we bless you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. We bless you, Lord. We honor you all of our days and all of our ways. In all of our words and all of our deeds, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. And we give you the honor. Well, Lord, I thank you that you're more than enough in every situation. That you are truly the all-sufficient one. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everybody in this room. Everybody that's watching on live stream. Everybody that's listening on podcast. Father, I thank you that the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, becomes more of a reality to us. Father, that that divine reality, that that authenticity and revelation just grows and increases inside of each and every one of us as we give ourselves to you on a regular basis. Father, we thank you for it. We bless you when we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, only about... Two weeks away, I think it is, is going to be our celebration day on um, September the 11th, 1030 service. 11 days, 11 days from now. So uh, we're excited about that, and um, we're excited about what the Lord has done. Amen. Amen. And after the service, of course, lunch will be provided for everyone, and uh, Pastor Nid is taking care of all of that. So you know you will be blessed. And then uh, Monday and Tuesday, right after that, September 11th and 12th, Dr. Jim Willoughby is going to be here. So you don't want to miss that. Now, new announcements, they're not out today. Do we have a hard copy in the foyer yet? The hard copy is in the foyer. 
Uh, and I think they were sent out to your email. We didn't get them on the overhead yet, but they're coming. Uh, so check them out, see what's coming up in September. We're starting to get into the busy part of the year, so you don't want to be missing out on things that are coming up. Amen. Amen. Harvest Festival, October 31st. Um, uh, please uh, sign up in the foyer to be a worker there. Uh, but please check out all the sign-up sheets that are in the foyer. Always keep a check at the table. There's always sign-up sheets out there for different things that are going on. And um, uh, you can get to be a part of different events, outreaches, and uh, fellowships. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you're so good to us. Father, I thank you that you have put within our hands seed, that it's seed, Father, because we are sowers. Yes, and that seed given to the sower, Father, because you know that we're going to sow. And as we do sow, you said that you will increase back to us the harvest of our righteous acts of giving. And, Father, as we receive back, we receive it back as fruit, because seed always produces fruit, and fruit that we'll share with other people. And seed to sow again back into your kingdom. And as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. And therefore, we will never run out of fruit as long as we have seed to sow. We thank you for it. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us tonight on live stream, a podcast. We're so glad that uh, we could get together, share the word of God with you, and fellowship together around the word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God is always so, so good. Connect with the Holy Spirit. Move with the Holy Spirit. Learn more about the Holy Spirit. Get to know him. He is God, not only God on the earth, but he's God in you. And life will just explode in the Holy Ghost. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you go to our website on the screen, newlifefamilyworship.net, and you can click on the giving link. I thank you in advance for the seed that you would sow. If there's anything that we could stand in prayer with you about, please let us know. And it's always an honor and privilege to stand with our partners for prayer for your needs to be met. Amen.